This is a DirtOnDirt.com videocast for Tuesday, October 1st. I'm Derek Kessinger inside the DirtOnDirt.com studios alongside Turn Michael Reiners. Look at, wait, Turn, what is that? Bear football? Yeah. That ain't Dirt on Dirt gear. What's up with that? Bear football, man. We uh, got a big divisional win. Got to gotta flaunt the gear. And you guys are in what place? Second place? First. First, we're tied, but there's a tiebreaker. But it doesn't matter because it's not, not the end of the season now. Okay, so. whatever. Green Bay still in first. That's right. I know Aaron Rodgers, that pick in the first, you know, at the one-yard line, not very good. But we got Dustin Jarrett joining us on the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline coming up in a few to recap this past weekend's action where both national series were off you had some drivers who elected not to race and take a break i see you jonathan davenport being the family man hanging out with blaine and rachel while other drivers capitalize on big paydays speaking of big paydays how about our boy rick eckard who picked up the fifteen thousand dollars at bedford speedway saturday night turn he goes on suave talk then a week later he's making that paper huh I'm just saying, huh, 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 huh. I mean, huh. any correlation there, huh? No, I don't think so. Uh, it seems like if you pick people in your lock, huh. they do poorly. If you have them on Suave Talk, they somehow miraculously come out with a win. So, huh. uh, I think moral of the story: there. come on Suave Talk, don't get picked for his uh, lock of the week because it's always wrong. I mean, he was – he. I got first text was from him. I think he just got out of, you know, victory lane and saying, oh, man, thank God I was on Suave Talk. No, he actually didn't, but seriously. And I see you, Ashton Winger. How could I forget about you? Though I did vote you 26 in the t top 25 poll. You're always, you know, heckling me on that. But kudos to you picking up the win Saturday night at Sonoya in the Billy Clayton Classic. Turn this young – Young hot shoe gets better and better every time he rolls onto the track. Man, that was a big win for him, passing Chris Madden. Yeah, it was a big win. Uh, has he cut his hair yet? That's the real question because I watched uh, Hunter Sayer's video from Fairbury. God Man, awful. He his, looked god uh, awful. His flow was something. That, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, you know, good on good on uh, him for make for uh, having a good run this weekend. There we go. Um, so I mean, that's he just keeps running well. And uh, I think he'll be around for a while. And he's coming to Fairbury, you know, in a couple of weeks, for, you know, for the Falls Frenzy. I think oh he probably will actually. I know he will get lapped by Kevin Weaver. I know he'll be watching <laughs> this. I mean, that's facts only turn. Facts only. Facts only. Oh, yeah, and don't mention, I cannot mention this. Late Model Live returns in two weeks as we go full DTWC talk and set the table for one of the sport's biggest events. That's on October 18th and 19th. 18th and 19th, that's a late model live back on the air in two weeks, Tuesday, October 15th, and turn. I got something cooked up for that weekend in Portsmouth, and I cannot wait. And I uh, told you today what I'm doing. It's going to be, uh, I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with that one. Can't give out too many secrets, but no, no. weekend but with Suave, it's going to be called. So if you guys can kind of guess what I'm going to be doing there, uh, that's nobody, what Nobody wants to know what you're going to be doing, but... I guarantee if they watch, they'll be entertained. Weekend with Suave and Boom Briggs. That's the only two things I'm giving people. That's like your oh, clues. Boy. So you can tweet at me at Dirt on Dirt at DSuave underscore 12 and try to guess what I'm doing there. But turn, we ready to do this video cast? Let's get so. this party started. Let's go. Let's go. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is my brother from another mother, Dustin Jarrett. DJ, with both National Series off this past weekend, we saw several drivers make some noise. What driver caught your eye the most, though? I, you know, I think you actually just hit on him a few minutes ago, and that's Ashton Winger. I mean, 
a ten thousand plus dollar win at Sonoya. Um, like you said, passing Chris Madden, beating Shane Clan, beating Clint Smith, who is uh, virtually unbeatable there. Brandon Overton, Donald McIntosh, and others. I mean, that was. Let's not sleep on how good of a field that was um, on a racetrack that, with uh, inclement weather on Saturday, uh, and being pushed to Sunday, a racetrack that uh, it came around some in the feature maybe wasn't as good early on as what we really come to know Sonoy as. And, and let's be honest, they've set that bar <laughs> really, really high as well. But uh, Ashton Weir getting that win, man, was uh, that that's huge. That is huge for him. That is huge for the team. That's huge for Gary. That's that's huge for everyone. But uh, again, let's it's not just a win. Uh, let's not sleep on the fact that that was a really good field. And he did it pulling away too. He ended up winning by about two seconds in that one. So hat tip to you, Winger. Good job, buddy. And, and by the way, he did cut the hair turn. He cut that hair actually uh, sometime there before the World 100. I talked to him about that at Eldora, and he told me he was actually – he hated the haircut, and he couldn't wait until the hair grew back. So maybe he's got a little more flow going now. I don't know. No doubt about that. He put on a Sunday showcase at Sonoy, and we talked about it at the top of the hour too. How about the ageless wonder Rick Eckert, you know, who had that biggest payday of the weekend, $15,000 paycheck at Bedford. This has been a good year for Scrub. You know, he's, you know, traveling is less and less. He's staying around regionally. And I think it's very, very underrated in my eyes, this season he's having. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, he, he's, he's one of those guys. And we've seen this happen um, with a few drivers in the past as well. They kind of, they scaled back the racing operation. They, they have an opportunity with it being scaled back to maybe focus on their operation a little more because they're not putting all the miles on their cars and crews up and down the road and, and everything. Um, and they, they run a little bit better. I mean, that was his, that was his 10th win of the year this year. And, and it's been a couple of years since Rick's had a 10 win season. So kudos to him. Um, he did it. <laughs> you talk about pulling away. He won this race by over 15 seconds. Goodness gracious. Let that sink in for a little bit. And, and Bedford is not a small racetrack. So, um, and again, he's another one that won against a pretty stout field of cars as well. It actually is a decent battle up front there for a little while between he and uh, Greg Satterley and a hard-charging Scott Bloomquist. Uh, Bloomquist started um, 23rd, I believe, in that race and came up through and was battling with uh, those guys up there for the lead at, at one point. He settled for a third-place finish. But it's been a really good year for Rick. Again, his 10th one of the year. They've all come in the state of Pennsylvania as well. How about that? Yeah, and I heard they're having a big slushy party this coming weekend with that big win there. He said, you know, living closer to home, DJ, he's liking to drink those mixy slushies, so maybe that's bringing him some good luck. That's right. Maybe he's going to get a firehouse sub to go with that, too. <laughs> yes, he will. DJ, you always have some good Kevin Kovac memorial notes, so give me one or two that jumped out you that jumped at you from this past weekend. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I've got a, a big um, note or two, but a couple guys that caught my eye. First, Max Blair. Um, he pulled off a sweep at Thunder Mountain this weekend over a, a really, really nice field of cars. Uh, I was there on Friday night. There were 48 cars there on Friday, uh, and then he came back and won again on Saturday over a field of 42 cars. That was the Stephanie Eckel Memorial. Um, $4,000 on Friday, $7,100 on Saturday. That's an $11,000-plus-dollar weekend for Max Blair, who has, uh, before that, he had already eclipsed the 40-win mark on the year between his super late model and his crate. So Blair now, uh, at, the, at the beginning of October, I don't know how many more races he plans on running, guys, but um, if he can rack up another, I think, six or seven wins, he'll have 50 
total wins on the year, and that is unbelievable to to think about. I mean, especially in this day and age. But again, uh, really, really nice field of cars there. Here's an interesting little stat about both of those races. Um, Max Blair had to pass Doug Drown both nights to win, and he did that both nights on lap 18. Wow. So that's kind of a yeah, that's kind of a, a cool little stat there. Um, I would love to just, uh, you know, wax poetic here on a bunch of different stats and numbers and things like that. The truth is I don't have anything else. I did think it was kind of cool that uh, Freddie and Tyler Carpenter finished 1-2 in the big $5,000 to win race at uh, the track that I call Amish Killtop Speedway there in Millersburg, Ohio. Uh, I was there Saturday night for that one. That was actually a really good race as well. Those two battled back and forth. And uh, Freddie uh, came out on top after passing, repassing Tyler for the lead with about six laps to go. We are live at the Pittsburgher 100 this weekend. I know you've been going to that race for a long time, DJ. What's your favorite memory from that legendary event? Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh is a track, man. It's, it's a home game for me because it's only an hour from where I live. But it's really funny because as a, as a kid growing up, uh, I didn't go to Pittsburgh a, a lot. Like, my dad never raced there. My uncle never raced there. And, and so when you went to Pittsburgh, it, it was for a special occasion or a special event. And I remember the first time I went there um, as someone that went to these little bull rings like Tyler County Speedway and, and uh, the now defunct R&R Speedway in Zanesville, Ohio. You know, it's all these little bull rings. You go to Pittsburgh, and you're like, oh, man, this place is huge. Um, but when, whenever you went there, whenever I went there, it was always for some special reason, like the Pittsburgher. Probably, probably my biggest memory of that race was in, um, I think it was 1998. It was the year. That race, actually, it rained out on a Saturday, and they ran it on a Sunday. It, it, it either rained out on Saturday, ran on Sunday, or that was one of the last years that it was still a Saturday Sunday show. I'm, I'm not sure, but at any rate, it rained during the day Sunday almost all day. Uh, and as a matter of fact, a lot of people actually left. A lot of people didn't think they were going to get that race in, and, and so they left. Um, but uh, the rain subsided. They uh, they got the show in. Um, Tim hit actually rallied from the tail of the field and passed Scott Bloomquist with less than two laps to go to win that race. And it was just, it was one of those things where Hit was kind of a beloved guy. He grew up not too far from there in Western West Virginia. He ran a lot of races at Pittsburgh. Of course, Hit uh, became very popular at I-79 and, and some other places as well. But uh, kind of this beloved figure knocking off what was one of the sports top drivers in this incredible rally from the tail of the field with less than two to go. Uh, that has always stood out in my mind is, is not just one of my greatest Pittsburgher memories, but just one of my greatest memories in general. Simple question, DJ, who wins there this weekend? Uh, man, that's a loaded question there because Pittsburgh is, is this big half mile racetrack that a lot of guys will tell you races like a short track um, because you just, you can carry so much momentum into the corners at this place, but a guy that um, a guy that is typically very very good there and and has run well there in the past and has won the Pittsburgher before as well, I think will be back in victory lane and and that's Josh Richards. Uh, Richards, of course, picked up the win a few weeks ago at the Hillbilly Hundred. Uh, again, he runs really well at Pittsburgh. He talks about it. Pittsburgh is one of his favorite racetracks. As I mentioned, he won this race in 2016. He's been running. Uh, and I want to say he's been running better as of late because I think he's been running well all year. He hasn't always had the finishes to show for it, but he's finally got those finishes now. Uh, I think that uh, Josh Richards pulls off a repeat of 2016. 
and wins the Pittsburgher this year. Switching gears to the World of Outlaws, they have a three-race swing in the southeast, Thursday at Livonia, Friday at Cherokee, and Saturday at 411. DJ, is this the weekend we see Shepard break his own single-season win total? But before you answer, I got to tell you, he's on an eight- or nine-race losing streak. I know, I know, I know. Such a cold spell, right? Goodness gracious. Yeah, boy, yeah, eight or nine races in a row that he hasn't won. That's just that's tragic right there, I'll tell you. Tra- tragic maybe for him and for the other guys. The other guys are like, oh, thank God, we've actually got a chance here for a while. Um, I, you know, I, I think that he can this weekend, but I I don't know that he will. I, you know, Shepard is obviously very good in his record this year. I mean, speaks for himself and, and everything. I mean, what, he, he's got 18 wins in the 36 races. He's won that's literally 50% of the of the World of Outlaws, Morton Building, late model series races, and he's, he's won over $300,000 just in that series this year. That's not even counting, again, his, uh, his $125,000. Yeah. Yeah, not even counting his third late model dream win or, or his uh, $3 million win or anything else. But, um, you know, I, I think it could happen, but I, I don't think it will. And, and here's the reason why. Um, they're rolling into an area where a lot of other guys are really good. Daryl Lanigan has been running really well here uh, as of late as well. Of course, he picked up that win just Friday. It's Cotton Picking uh, 100 opener and then picked up that World of Outlaws win uh, the week prior to that at Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. So, Landian's kind of hitting his stride again, and these are some tracks that he's familiar with as well. I think he's going to be very good. Um, Chris Ferguson is very, very good down that way as well. Uh, Fergie is, again, in a Sweet Bloomquist car. These are typically tracks that, for the most part, uh, maybe maybe not 411 as much. These other two tracks are, you know, uh, bigger tracks that have a tendency to slick off. you got to keep the car kind of straight. Ferguson is really good at that. I think he's going to be good down there. And then one other driver that, uh, that I think is going to be good as well, Ross Bales. Uh, and, of course, Ross Bales picked up an Outlaws win earlier this year. He picked up a, uh, picked up a win at 411 with the Lucas Series earlier this season as well. 411 is kind of that, that wild card, I think, in this three-race swing. It's one of those tracks that we all know now that anybody can come in and win, whether it's a, a World of Outlaws regular, whether it's a Ross Bales, or whether Corey Hedgecock gets a hometown win. I think Donald McIntosh. Is going to be very good at 411 as well. So, could it happen this weekend? Yes, obviously. I mean, again, the guys won half of the World of Outlaws races this year, um, but I think he's just—I think they're rolling into three race tracks where some other guys are running really well right now. I think, I think that uh, Sheffy's uh, quote-unquote losing streak might last one more weekend. God forbid his uh, losing streak goes to double figures, DJ, goodness. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> Lord, yes. <No. laughs> well, obviously, you know, Shepherds has pretty much locked up another championship, but how about this four-horse battle for second place in the Outlaws? Shane Clayton, Ricky Weiss, Chase Younghands, and Daryl Lanigan are all within 28 points. This weekend's going to have huge implications considering the payday you get from second at the end of the season to what you get paid for fifth. Yeah, absolutely, and and I hope that folks aren't sleeping on that race for a second. It's uh, I I admit I I get caught up in Shepard's numbers and stats as much as anyone. Again, he's he's won half of those Outlaws races and has finished in the top ten in thirty five of of the thirty six races. That is unbelievable. But that race for a second between Clanton, Weiss, Younghands, and and Landigan, I think now um, those drivers are only separated by about thirty points, or maybe just a little less than that. And and so. Um, 
you've got Clanton in second, who, again, has really kind of come on the second half of the year since taking over uh, for Madden in that Greg Bruning own number 25 car. He's been really good. Ricky Weiss just picked up a $7,500 win at Smoky Mountain this past weekend. He is still, guys, crazy to think, man. He is still searching for that first World of Outlaws win. I can't believe that it hasn't happened yet. He's going to be one I didn't mention in the previous question, but I think he's going to be very good at these tracks this weekend as well. Uh, would not at all surprise me to see Weiss uh, get in victory lane. We've talked about Lanigan. He actually sits in fifth in the standings and, and closed in again after that Sealand's Grove win a couple weeks ago. And Chase Younghand, I mean, just uh, you talk about a guy that has been super consistent this year. And, and I know that uh, I know he's kind of hard on himself because he feels like that he maybe should have had uh, some more wins than, than what he has. Remember, he got that win at uh, Red Cedar up in Menominee, Wisconsin there earlier this year. But he's been right there in the mix and has knocked off several podium finishes as well. I think all three of those guys are, are uh, or all four of those guys, rather, um, are, it, it's going to come right down to the wire. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I still think, I think Weiss is going to rattle off maybe a win or two um, and, and maybe grab that second spot at the end and the World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year honors. But uh, three races this weekend, anything can happen. Yeah, no doubt. I think those guys second through fifth in the Outlaws are very, very underrated. They've showed out, you know, in all the crown jewels and, and other races like yeah. that. But uh, what other events looking – oh, sorry, go ahead, have. DJ. Go ahead. I was just going to say, no, they, they absolutely have. And I, I think that it's something that we don't uh, – we maybe don't give enough credit for. You know, again, take nothing away from Lucas. We, we know how strong Lucas is, and, and that's been the talk of the town um, for a year or two now. But, uh, but I think you, you made a very, very good point there that in some of these crown jewel races, Shepard and Clanton and Weiss and Young Hands and, and Lanigan have – they have performed really, really well, especially at those marquee events like at, at Eldora and, and Mansfield and others. So, again, uh, it's easy to sit back and say that, that, you know, one series may have all the top talent or whatever else. But let's not sleep on these guys here. Let's certainly not sleep on this battle for second in the Outlaws. And, of course, there's other events that we're going to be covering this weekend. What one are you most intrigued about, DJ? I know I'm looking forward to the Gumbo Nationals. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Gumbo Nationals are going to be a lot of fun. Um, that MSCCS race at Greenville, it's $8,000 to win this weekend. Um, when you go into Greenville, man, that, that is one of those places, too, that is just you never really know who's going to show up, and you never really know who's, who's going to win as well. I mean, you could have, a, you could have maybe a, a um, really strong, pouring driver or drop in there someone that's not running lucas or world of outlaws could drop in there and, and win that race or you could have a a local hot shoe like a tad thrash could go in there and, and win eight thousand dollars as well um I, I love events like that that was one reason i kind of love this past weekend as well I, I think that a lot of us knew most of the national touring drivers were going to take the weekend off but you still again you had boom and chubb running and, and you had um you know, Ricky Weiss going out and, and running and landing and went down and, and ran and stuff. But uh, I love these weekends where, um, and more specifically these events where you have a, a race where you don't really always know who's going to show up, you know, and, and that's kind of how I feel about the Gumbo Nationals this weekend. It's one of these races where I'm not really sure who's going to show up. I think we've got some pretty good ideas. But I wouldn't be at all shocked to maybe see a, a slight surprise or two drop in there and, and maybe win that race. I'm keeping my eyes on that one. But, uh, but again, as we kind of wind down here, weather is still fantastic right now. 
still lots of great racing going on. Hopefully fans get out and support some of these events uh, before winter comes. No doubt. I've been wearing tank tops all week long here in central Illinois. I mean, it's October 1st, and it's like 85 degrees out. I love it. Have you been wearing your Mount Suavemore tank? Oh, that one, Kevin Weaver, hashtag falls one, you know, just all over. Maybe even a Dustin Jarrett one, just for good measure. Oh, my. I need some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, it was appreciate to having you on the show here, DJ. You're always filled with, you know, great insight in dirt late model racing. You're a guru, my brother from another mother. You have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll see you down the road, bud. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good week. Turn, we are live, live, live this weekend. Where are we at? I'll let you, uh, you know, tell us where we're at this weekend, bud. All right, so we're at our three outlaw events here. Livonia, uh, let's see, what's the middle one there? I'm drawing a blank. Cherokee. Cherokee and uh, 411. How about that? So we got three nights. If you got your fast pass, you can watch all three nights. If you don't have your fast pass, you should go order one so that you can catch that. And turn, do you think that Brandon Shepard will be just, uh, you know, win total this weekend? Or are you going to go with DJ and don't think he's going to win? Uh, I mean, last week we talked about that, or whenever we did the video cast, uh, we set the line at one and a half, and I took the over, and, and I lost. So... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to get at least one this weekend. So I don't know. I, after saying that, where would you set the line for this weekend? Point Three five. Races. He only needs one. He only needs one win. Only, only needs, needs one, one that I'm taking the over. I'm taking I'm the getting, over. He gets at least one on the weekend. But uh, not only do we have Outlaws live this weekend, we also have the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series from Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's Motor Speedway uh, for the Pittsburgh 100. So Got to go out there last year. Last year was a Sunday race. We got rained Sunday out on showcase Saturday. race. I know. Sunday. Bobby I know. Pierce I, from rallied from the back. I know it was a showcase. I had the Bears on one screen and had the race on the other, and was switching. Wow. I mean, don't tell Rigsby. Yeah. That, does but, he uh, know, does he know that you did that? <laughs> probably Ooh. not. But make sure you order your live packages this weekend. Either the Fast Pass, Pittsburgh. How about both? You can watch both, uh, and it's going to be a great weekend of racing. And don't forget, Late Model Live returns October 15th to preview the DTWC. I cannot wait for that show. I love when we, you know, preview and do Late Model Live on Crown Jewels. In turn, you look great on camera. So I love on Late Model Lives when you get to, you know, make an appearance. Thanks, bud. <laughs> and that, that was your Dirt on Dirt video cast for Tuesday, October 1st. From everyone here at thedirtondirt.com, have a good weekend. Get out there and support the great Late Model events throughout the entire country. Be great, everyone.